Welcome to Two Cents of Fashion Podcast. Hi guys, welcome to this episode of Two Cents of Fashion. I hope you enjoyed the last episode. So, on today's episode, I have someone very, very special to me. I call the person my fashion business mentor, you know, because uh, <laughs> you might have come across his videos where he dropped reserve nuggets on, you know, humble means such as CNN. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, you definitely would have come across one or two of his videos where he's giving you life life saving tips because <laughs> you would need it. But I am going to let him do the introduction himself. Good afternoon. Well, me all this wine. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? I'm all very right. Well, thank so you. my name is Olushala and uh, D Olushala. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Thank um, you so thank much you for coming. So, yeah. so, can I introduce yourself? Like, what do you do? Okay. This uh, is. Th- I, I I always like to to uh, refer to myself as a hustler. Okay, let me tell you the cute things you want to hear. Um, my name is Oshala. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, do I say? Politics enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll stop at that <laughs> for now. <That's> all. <laughs> <Only>. Okay. <laughs> for now. So yeah, so entrepreneur. I I I love to start businesses. I love to ideate. I love to oversee the implementation process. Okay. I love the difficulties that come with the demands of growth. I love to weather the storm. Hmm. And then, most importantly, the most fulfilling part, I love to see productivity, you know, as the end game. No, you just you just listed everything about the startup business <laughs> lady <laughs> in a developing country. Thank you so much for listing all that. You forgot influencer, sir. Influencer, I I I, I I I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, can't, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, that influencer thing, yeah, I think it's just a natural consequence of me offloading what is in my widely exposed mind. You read a lot. Yeah, but one very weird thing is that I probably do not read as much as people think I do. So I would explain what I mean. Now, I'm not big on books. Instead, I'm big on articles. Ah. So the thing is, I have a very short attention span. <laughs> and then I've always had a very short attention span. And that means that I usually grasp things within a very short frame. You know, mm-hmm. frame, 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 time frame, basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, this time I used to read about 35 articles a day. So, I read, breeze oh. through, boom, I've cleaned. Boom, breeze through, clean. But then, very importantly, I think that there's some other underrated knowledge acquisition mm-hmm. um, platforms. For example, I gain a lot from TED Talks. True, I watch TED Talks is, a lot. That is, so, for that example, I'm watching a 15-minute TED Talk. I could learn pretty much the summary of an entire book in a TED talk. And that's one thing many people don't talk about. Do you get? And then stuff like that. And also, one of the other very underrated ways that I learn a lot is actually via my communication with people. I learn a lot from people. Like, a lot. Like, you have no idea. So, those things add up, add up. And then, yes, books. Yeah, it's just that I'm not as ardent with books as possible. I read a chapter today, close it, can read chapter five <laughs> next tomorrow and then come back and scatter around it but yeah overall knowledge is gained and yes that's where the influencer thing comes i post videos and people are like wow wow we're so relatable god it blew my mind i'm like oh i just recorded that in like a split second you know and then I, in my mind i'm like is it that you know but i think for me it's always the timing you actually know when to release i don't know if it's intentional though you always know when to release and people are like i can relate to this, ah. relate to this. then again it's also the people you're actually targeting but yes yeah. it's always good whenever you drop that thank you so much um so let's just get into the see guys we've never started and, and you're taking God. notes you're already taking notes uh-huh. But okay, let's start with how the... Um, we're going to be focusing on the aspect of you being a serial entrepreneur here. All right. So how did you even start that? I, I won't even lie. Like, at the point in my mind, I'm like, how do people even become serial entrepreneurs like when I was way younger? Because in my mind, I'm like, I get the whole jack of all trade, master of none or master of all, whichever one is still an argument between <laughs> two different talk, uh, people of different opinions or ideologies. And then you're like, I'm like, it's a lot. 
I, I hear, I hear you, and I'm like, oh, more. Do you have a life outside that? But how did you even start? So, truth is, I'd actually never really been business savvy when I was young. I used to be a bookworm, mm-hmm. like a serious bookworm. I never was particular about making money, not at all. I just wanted to be the guy who was knowledgeable, mm-hmm. the guy who would ace exams, the guy who just loved knowledge generally. Mm. And then, what happened? Interesting. So, there had always been, as I moved through university, some stints of, okay, entrepreneurial attempts, mm-hmm. more or less, business here and there. Um, I once sold gala and drink to add up to my income, and that looked, that felt good. <laughs> I knew I could do this stuff, but it just never was really something that I was pursuing, you know, mm-hmm. you know, actively, actively you know. And then um, that happened, and there's another time I tried to sell clothes, suits this time around. Mm-hmm. In my final year, there we So now, here's the interesting part. I graduated from the university, and then I graduated. And then when I graduated, I had a conversation with one of my older friends, a senior friends, a politician, a successful businessman. So that day, um, he just sees me. And then he goes, Shala, wow. I said, I'm very well, sir. He said, okay, yeah, you graduated, you are finishing school. What result is out. What did you graduate? I told first class. I said, guy. Mm-hmm. So one day he now came and told me, he said, you're so smart, but my fear is that smart people like you almost never become wealthy. Those what? were his words. Like he told that me was having a rich shock. Like, like he told me point blank. He said, smart people did like you, get, you, did you almost get never become wealthy. I did not because I knew what he was talking about. And I know what I'm telling you. Like, Many people who are theoretically brilliant mm-hmm. never really um, attain, do I call, um, financial heights. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as people who want to fully embrace practicality, it's one thing for you to be book smart, mm-hmm. for you to be book exposed. It's another thing for you to understand that there are specific rudiments you have to go through in the real world. To, so a lot of things happened along that line. But then... I just found myself towing the entrepreneurial line. Maybe that was a trigger, but then I found out that there were real things that I needed to pay attention to. And Mm -hmm. then it started from trips. It started from, I knew I liked to look good. I had a thing for suits. The next thing, one thing led to another. I knew where to get the materials from. One thing led to another. I knew where the tailors were. Another thing led to another. I ran away from all the corporate job opportunities I had. And I said, I wanted to do this thing. And then even Vola, though you knew it was hard, well, it was even, going to exactly. Be hard. I knew it wasn't going to be a walk in the park. It wasn't. It is not. That's in. Nah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going to talk about this, but like in in Nigeria, I think it's just recently that we see a lot of people opening up, and we still have the people that have the big box not really opening up to fashion ah, or Nigerian brands that actually make suits. Don't. They understand. Everybody wants to wear a suit that has, you know, a popular. I'm not going to mention anybody's background. Until you see a lot of people saying, "Oh, I particularly wear this. I particularly wear that," uh-huh. and I'm like, I get the. And there's also that mentality of, yeah. "Oh, everybody wants to be with something that is already, you know, yep. that has exclusivity. Yeah. We like the idea of exclusivity. Yeah. Every Nigerian like. loves exclusivity." So there's that. We have an elitist mentality. (laughs) (laughs) So there's always that. uh, that, Now I'm talking about people that, because you now have money to convert (laughs) and buy expensive suits. But then again, so what is, let's let's ask, let me just ask, what is the market like? Like being a serial entrepreneur, I know this is particularly a fashion um, podcast or fashion business podcast, but I want us to talk about you being a serial entrepreneur. Okay. And what that is like in I'm, I'm sure you also come across people that also do the same thing yeah like they're also serial entrepreneurs or investors yeah. or something but what is that space like in Nigeria market alright so first and foremost I think that we need to deal with the semantics mm. uh, you know a lot of people like to use the word serial entrepreneur because it sounds cool but it's different between an entrepreneur and a self-employed person mm. <laughs> You know, so someone I really love so much, Vusi Tembekwayo. Vusi Vusi is is the god of talk. Is arguably the most eloquent person I've ever heard in my life. You should check him out. By the I way, I am going to check him out. It's, it's, it's something else. 
Vusi, Vusi is something else. Let me not go there. But yeah, so Vusi Pembe Kwayo made a statement. Mm. He said, <laughs> this guy's crazy. He said, if you cannot leave your business for, if you, if you leave your business for two weeks, or for two months rather, and if you cannot leave your business for two months and mm. travel and mm. do something, eh, you're not an entrepreneur, you're a business owner. <laughs> Sounds extreme. But it makes a world of sense. Yes, what the see the look you know, on that's face. why you see the cash flow quadrant of K- Robert Kiyosaki, where he talks about the fact that they're employed, they're self-employed. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's employed, self-employed, there's um, business owner more or less, and then there's um, an investor, okay, or an entrepreneur than an investor, rather. Mm-hmm. So, the gap between self-employed and an entrepreneur is a lot, and what that gap is is structure. That's what it is. It's structure. I repeat, it's structure. What differentiates um, what differentiates um, Chicken Republic mm-hmm. Mm? Mm. from Yataju right by the road who sells the exact same food mm-hmm. I mean, maybe even sweeter is the structure. Are you getting mm-hmm. my point? Um, Chicken Republic is right now the fastest growing QSR in the whole of Africa. Mm-hmm. Quick service restaurant. You know, what differentiates um, a roadside Bolly seller from somebody who says he's, he has a business called Bolly Republic mm-hmm. and packages and sells it five times more expensive is structure. So, whenever I hear serial entrepreneurship, first of all, it's even a term that I'm almost removing from my bio. Because sometimes I go through something and I'm like, ha, oh, I never <laughs> have one reach. Are you getting my point? Yes. So first of all, to be an entrepreneur, first of all, is to understand that there has to be a structure in the business. There has to be a structure in place to ensure things. So first and foremost, I would say that it's been a, a rude awakening. You need to understand first and foremost that you're going to have to deal with the rudiments mm-hmm. and then build a structure around it. So one of the things that one of my dear mentors told me early enough about three years ago, when I was doing trips around three, four years ago, he asked me and said, Shola, are you building a lifestyle business or an actual business? A lifestyle business is a business that sustains the livelihood of the owner. The owner. And a proper business is a business that can sustain itself and its employees. When you officially become somebody who works for your business, is when you move, you take that shift from self-employed to, to entrepreneurship. Is when you, when lives and mouths depend on your business to survive. When there's a structure whereby the most important thing mm. in that empire is the business itself and the structure, and not, not one it. man. That, this is very, very important. So when you remove one person from the business, can it still survive, or will it fall like a pack of cards? So that's the leap test. That's what differentiates. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> oh my, oh my dear! It is a world of work. It absolutely is. It takes, it takes, it takes years. It takes failures. It takes betrayals. It takes espionage. Oh, it takes. Mom. You must have been through every single thing to mm-hmm. do anything worthwhile. And that's why, um, in my opinion, I think about ninety nine. Point nine 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 percent of businesses that start never fulfill their potential. My goodness, that is that's the truth, and that's not you generalizing. I'm not generalizing. I'm just I'm saying facts. Every every oh, every that's tech, awesome. every, that's tech, scary. every tech startup wants to be a unicorn. Chilet. You know, I was I was going to tell you something. You know, right after I think I saw you recently, mm-hmm. something funny happens a couple of days after. Um, a number of my friends were around and then someone gives me a call and was giving me the gist of how many tech startups have have gone into packed recession. Up. Like literal packed I, up. I, I genuinely saw that coming because the rate at which they were sp- like sprouting up. That's I'm like, it. yo, that's, that's you need to take it that's chill. That's the thing here. with startups. The difference between a startup and a normal business is a startup is designed to grow fast with the help of venture capitalists. Mm-hmm. So this seed round, this other round, this other one. And anything is... I understand there's a drive behind it. I understand the purpose behind it. I understand also the glamour in the end. I understand how sweet it is to say that I'm, I built a startup and everything and all. But it's not easy. 
I really feel for these people. There's one whose name I will not mention, mm. one of the brands which name I won't mention, that had a massive potential. They have a young founder and many things. I, when I heard it had packed up, I was almost in tears. I, I mean, again, the environment tech startup. I understand that the environment contributes, but even in the most westernized nations, these things mm-hmm. are happening. And then, obviously, yes, in sub-Saharan Africa, in our develop, in our developing economy, mm-hmm. even much more, even much even more, much more. Even there's much no support. More. There's no, no, no. The you system know, is designed no to fight you. God bless you. No government grant to help you hold the fort <laughs> when the chips are down. So. It's crazy. It's Absolutely crazy. That, no, you just brought up the topic on structures, and I want us to actually double down on that. Like now, when you're talking about setting up a structure for not just one business, but for multiple businesses, how are you even able to first things first put each thing in a box? How are you able to not just put it in a box, but you'd not come here to sell beans? <laughs> it has to be profitable. So, how do you set up structures for profitability? So, I think the first thing you must get in your head is that every business is set up to make profit. Damn. <laughs> I know no charity here. <laughs> uh, any business that you see that is doing um, CSR, <laughs> eh? Corporate responsibility, they've already first of all made it. They've made money. <laughs> they've made money to support So that. CSR is just a bit of, you mm-hmm. know, it's an offshoot of years and years of massive financial productivity so first and foremost what i would say is that with that in mind it will guide every other decision it will guide every decision it will will impact what else you do Mm -hmm. look um and then the next thing i'll say is build a structure when building a structure the very first law is this everybody is valuable but not everybody is indispensable Mm-hmm. I take it again. Everybody is valuable, but no one is indispensable. No, I was going to say no one. <laughs> no one is indispensable. Mm-hmm. No one. I repeat, no one is indispensable. Even you, the, even, even you, the CEO. you, the CEO is not indispensable. Let me tell you the truth. You know, one of my friends had um, owns owns. Um, uh, I think I think there should be a billion dollar worth now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, massive guys, massive company, mm-hmm. and then he had a huge PR crisis sometime three years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, right before the crisis, he made a statement to me and said that, "Look, he has learned to understand that he's essential in the business for profit and not to massage his ego." Mm-hmm. He said that if this business is making a billionaire, for example, and you come up to him and tell him, "Look, man." I have all the strategies and all the implementation ideas ready for us to make 10x this amount of money. But to make you 10 billion, you're going to have to give me 500 million. And I look at you and tell you, why not? At the end of it all, as long as you're submitting and contributing your quota to ensure overall productivity, you will definitely get what you want. Are you getting my mm-hmm. point? Now, fast forward um, a couple of months after, um, after he spoke with me and all, his company ran into a huge PR crisis. And mm-hmm. you know what he did? Mm-hmm. He got a wartime CEO. He suspended himself as CEO, stepped down because investors were on his neck. A lot of things were happening. He needed someone with the know-how to, to get him out of that mess and navigate the market waters. Like, 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 like I'm telling you literally. So, the structure is no friends with anybody. Why not? You see, the subject structure is not subject to our proclivities. We are subject to the structure. It has to be obeyed. When you have a structure that cannot be moved, mm-hmm. or that no Dick and Harry can come and change at any given point in time, then you have a business. So structure is extremely important. So you're going to have to look at it and say, look, what is our end goal? Good. Profit making? Good. To get there, what do we have to do? And then that particular statement will influence a lot of things, the kind of people you employ. And then also, you know, <laughs> the kind of people you employ, so many things. So, for example, it's a harsh reality that the average employee is loyal to their paycheck. <laughs> they are loyal to their paycheck. That's oh, why, for example, you see people change jobs four times in a year. Because I, the fastest way to change, the fastest way to, to, to move up the financial ladder in the corporate world is to keep changing jobs. Dude. That is the truth. So, 
nobody talks about it, but it's the truth. So now, for example, if you're coming to That's work at Trip, challenge. you're going to have to sign a six-month full commitment, first of all. You're not living in the first six months. See, just let's put a pin in for a moment. Are you able to uphold that kind of structure in a system such as, let's use Nigeria as a case study? My dear sister, which one? Is it this statement that just made like, yes. Because I have a friend that is particularly going we through this challenge. It. We will do it. Would we, you we will so? sign legal. <laughs> see, it will be what what sign. You know, see, it's quick. Can it's you, sweet to say. So, it's sweet to say serial entrepreneur, but these people will make you go nuts. I mean, this when you talk about um um, um ownership mentality, <sighs> maybe just one or two percent of the entire first and foremost because of the excruciating poverty in the land. Mm-hmm. The average Nigerian just cares about themselves. Mm-hmm. That is the truth. Very true. That is the, and that true. is because many bosses have also tarnished the image of, the entrepreneurs, image of entrepreneurs and I made it like they don't care about their employees. So everybody just comes already naturally in a defensive. So after they try to please you in the first one month, hard working, second work. month things begin <laughs> to drop. Third so you must have accountability structures. I have an executive assistant. His only job, his, his major job from what he does for me mm-hmm. is to ensure that everybody's on their toes and right now stepping into this new year is even going to be worse <laughs> because i ain't taking no prisoners because <laughs> during covid i remember i about wigwe there was a leaked audio from one of their top 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 tier meetings where he made a statement and said that they're they are, they are laying off specific people or doing taking salary cuts across but then he made a statement he said it is so that if at the end of it all mm-hmm. eh nothing exists again what must be standing must be the business mm. the business must be the last man standing not any man and then it's easy to criticize him it's easy to go and talk blah 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 tell you anything you want to say blab say he's blabbing say anything it's easy to criticize the man and talk and say he's he's been He's been um, what they call it again. Um, what's this word? He's been a capitalist. capitalist. He's been this. <laughs> Do you know the years of sacrifice? Do you know the what it took work. them to get there? It's not just his own sacrifice. Are you, are you kidding me? Also, people had ah. sacrificed for that. Ah. Herbert, um, All these are the guys who ran, who ran, who ran access. If I'm not mistaken, I think I go. So these are people who ran. Like it's not a joke. It's not a joke. So I can talk structures for five hours. Well, let me, don't let me eat into all your time. <laughs> but uh, you first of all have to start with a grip. We're a profit-making venture, and everybody must conform to the demands of the structure, mm-hmm. and not the structure bending to your taste. I'm not here to make you happy. I guess my point. You can be happy along the way. You will be happy along. I mean, I'm an amazing boss. But uh, uh, I've got it in my fingers, bro. <laughs> I it's it's sad, honestly, because I think the peculiarities around this particular, like what you just said, it's insane. There's a part of everyone looking out for themselves. There's a part of the business owner. Like, if you guys are listening, see, eh, honestly, this structured thing, it's it's something I try to have the conversation around with every single person. Like, if you are going to have structures in place, it's something that even you yourself can defy. Because if you as the entrepreneur can't even or the head in quotes for now, like you can't keep to it, why should your staffs or even you know why should they, why should they keep to it? So guys, you've heard it. Accountability structures, but not one that is bending to your whims and changes. Bitch, <laughs> so you're angry. <laughs> and the matter is long. Yeah, angry. Oh, please. Okay, so now let's talk about scaling up. But you've been able to discuss how okay these structures have to be put in place for for, for you to be even for you to be profitable business. Yeah. Understand and all. Yeah. Let's talk about being you scaling up now. We're going to talk about scale up, expansion, collaboration. But let's talk about scaling up a startup business. You mentioned earlier how you enjoy the process of it, and I know it's like you said you told me that. <laughs> Effort to rolling. Yeah. It seems for you to cook soup with your mouth, right, mate. Geez. But when it comes to scaling up now, okay, it's not easy. But how would okay, I'm I'm just starting off, okay, and in my mind I'm like, you know, not just my mind. Scaling up scaling up is sweet to say. <laughs> you see, first and foremost, as an entrepreneur, mm. you must learn to listen to your business. Mm. You must know when the business needs it. It must not be because 
um, it must not be because um, um, maybe one of your rivals is doing something, something top-notch and, and everything. You must also be in your space. No one your business needs it. So, for example, when your supply is still times 10 of your demand, you don't need scaling up outrightly yet. You, first of all, have to start looking for how to get the, that could be some form of scale up trying to get more people and everything get try to attract more customers but ideally you know scaling up should be so there are certain specific terminologies you're going to have to get familiar with um in my opinion scaling up usually um entails two two major two major things okay first of all there's usually some form of backward integration in a given way so for example um maybe you used to outsource specific parts of your businesses before mm-hmm. backward integration many times is it's called backward integration, vertical integration if i'm not mistaken um you're gonna have to like you for example we will have to pull maybe let me give an example imagine you own the fashion outfit mm-hmm. and then you used to outsource almost all your tailoring and now you begin to start producing it internally that's some form of backward integration okay. so usually um that could be some form of, sc- or you know, it could be part of the processes in scaling up and everything. Then also, um, one of the other benefits of scaling up is, you know, economies of scale, mm-hmm. where you produce more to increase your profit margin and everything. And that's beautiful. But when it comes to scale up, a lot of things are involved. And I think I don't want to ever generalize when it comes to scaling up. Each business with its own peculiarities. Yes. Many will involve another round of investing. Some mm-hmm. will involve... Um, some will involve expanding the employee force. Mm-hmm. I guess my point, the workforce, yeah. basically. Another one could even Im- involve shrinking. Another one could even involve not doing backward integration. Instead, expanding your outsourcing, for example. I've seen brands that do not in any way, shape or form produce any of the things that make them millions. They don't produce. They just sell. They just retail. Mm-hmm. Do you get my point? Being so it depends. Man. So I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think um, um, the term scale up. I would do justice to it if I just speak generally, mm. you know. But I just think that um, you must listen to your business and then know when there's a demand for a scale up. Mm-hmm. You will know. You will know. You will know. You will know that. See, first of all, in my opinion, for you to scale up, I always advise that I break even first. <laughs> and of which sometimes, though, scaling up is what will help you break even. But in whatever you do... But that um, has to be granted for, like, to an extent to that if you actually scale up, you would break dear, even. Because first and foremost, if you're a risk-averse person, there's a limit to what you can do and dare in business. I tell you this for a fact. Well, if you're risk averse, you could maybe sell shares, cool, great, that's cool. Well, yeah. But you're going to have to be daring. No scale up process ever guarantees you anything, no matter the business you're doing. There's no guarantee, really. Is there? If there were guarantees, I mean, people will fail. We've seen businesses that were up there and then down. It's a competitive world. It's like, it's like, being thrown into the Atlantic and seeing sharks. That's what it is. Oh my God. You know, I was talking to someone and we were talking about how right foods mm-hmm. got into the scene. Mm-hmm. They make us a biggie, you know, biggie this, biggie that. Yeah. You know, I'm privy to some information about how they really became a natural, in, you know, a national force and all. Mm-hmm. But then it's even owned by the Adegunwa. Ademuagun family, Ademuagun family, and everything and all. These guys have deep pockets. Mm-hmm. These guys are successful business business people, billionaires, and everything and all. Now imagine if you know maybe you were just a millionaire doing business on a massive scale, and then you were beginning to have control of this particular market and all. And then in your own right, you're doing well, and then these billionaires step into the market. So. These right food guys had to even deal with the monopoly of Coca-Cola, for example. Coca-Cola bottling company and Pepsi in Nigeria, or the mm-hmm. duopoly rather, you know. And then they penetrated. It was massive. It was a serious fight. But then I'm not like, okay, now it has become almost a three-way battle between Pepsi rights for biggie drinks mm-hmm. and Coca-Cola. Now, is there hope for a small brand? That's one of the... It like, it, it's like... There's one thing to say, innovate or die. There's another thing to say... The only answer to 
money is more money and more 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 money <laughs> it's crazy like the system and in america is the same oh, you know what happens on wall street every day that place is bloody. It's crazy. That place you know what is happens in Silicon Valley. I, just, just the stories you hear from places like know? that. So, that's that's all I have to say for now. I you spoke about scaling up. How more money <laughs> might just be the answer. Let's talk about investment when it comes to like getting investment for one of your businesses. Do you understand? Like what does that look like? How do you, at what point do you know that you even need to see? I am particular about people investing. Do you understand? It's something that really, I'm really interested in. But, ah, let me, let me not take this person. <laughs> let me not take this person. But yeah, when it comes to investing, at what point do you know that your business needs okay. investments from an external source? Or okay. even when do you know you need to raise money around you, amongst your friends? Okay. Or when do you even know you need to give up equity and, okay, you know what, I might actually have to. Uh, so, let's talk about investments in... Alrighty. So, mm, let me start by saying that you need to understand that there's a difference between revenue and cash flow. Okay. Um, a business can have so much revenue, but limited cash flow. So, revenue is what comes into the business like every month mm-hmm. every year you know that's what's business turnover you know amazing what's 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 coming in basically and all oh, that's that's cute <laughs> cash flow you know or what some people call liquidity in the real sense of it is what is left a business can be making 10 million a month but after you settle salaries after you've paid for the products it could be just 500k left or 200,000 left Imagine for, example, imagine, for example, you're selling. Imagine, for example, you're selling a car. You said you sell cars, automobile, mm-hmm. and then you sell a car for fifty million, brand new, and your profit on it is just two point five million. If anybody's checking your books, they say, "Wow, fifty million! Imagine you sold ten, five hundred million. You made five hundred million." But my dear, <laughs> what <laughs> is left was just twenty. 25 million. 25 that was your profit and then you're going to pay salaries you pay for facility do several things so revenue is not the perfect health check for every business it's the cash flow so it's the liquidity is there so why i'm saying it is that your liquidity or your cash flow is what will help you expand the business not your revenue it's cute to say they grossed this amount Cash flow, cash flow, <laughs> cash flow is what grows a business. Because like it or not, you cannot expand your business by just regurgitating. Like, same thing, same thing, same thing. Okay, it's good. Your business will keep growing. There are more people, right? But there are times where you need to invest in specific things that will improve the outlook of the business and expand its frontiers. So, for example, you need to get a bigger space. And then let's say you made one billion last year, mm-hmm. but profit at the end of it all was just twenty million, out of which it's just ten million that was saved. With ten million, uh, you cannot get the facility in Lekki for one year at the side of Admiralty. Ten million. At least you pay at least eight nine million. They want me. <laughs> like a proper building, a duplex mm-hmm. on Admiralty Way. Stop playing. Is this playing? <laughs> Maybe seven million, eight million. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are cute. I'm not joking. So you're paying eight million, let's say, because I, I know, I cannot start the talk for, for on top of my. And imagine you have to pay for two years, three years. You could do interior decoration because also. The place you are selling this is different. Yes. No shades, but business you can get the mad location Nabuli Egba for 1.5 million or 2 million by the roadside. Mm-hmm. And you may not necessarily have to do so much work on the interior decor. Because of the but in Lekki, the kind of your potential customers, the aesthetics have to be eye-catching because mm-hmm. they can pay big bucks. So I cannot spread and improve those things without funding. My cash flow is not enough. 
could need money. So how then do you raise money? I think it's relationships. Look, relationships opens doors that your intelligence cannot, Mm. that your genuineness cannot. Relationships, value relationships, and then credibility. There are people that when they hear Chicken Republic needs money, they will put money easily because the Republic is not good anyway. We've seen the track record down the years. True. And then your new business. You've already had people have called you out <laughs> 20 times already. Um, people are already doubting. Your credibility is shaking. How do you raise? So then this, the FFFs, friends, family, and friends, f- f- the f- family and friends, first and foremost. Well, mm, family and friends, many times they invest in you, not really, not the, business. really the business. But then, beyond that, this kind of money we're talking about, if you don't get that from family and friends, except if your papa and dan tata. So this kind of money you're gonna need to have venture capitalists. Most venture capitalists want a stake in your business, obviously. A but friend of mine made a statement that venture capitalists don't really invest don't in do creative right. businesses. Mm, that's an extreme statement, but the person is right. Hmm. I know what I'm saying. Yes, they don't really want to create because many times in the creative space, the numbers are not fully exact. I don't really know how to explain this. Um, um, and then also look at it. Um, many times, some of them even prefer service-based businesses. And service-based. Yes, sometimes they prefer compared to products. So, let me explain. Some prefer service-based businesses. A good example. Um, now, I need to retrace. I need to retrace my statement. Okay. And let me explain what I mean. Yes, please. Now, there are some product-based businesses mm-hmm. that are interwoven with service. Mm-hmm. So, for example, would you call Piggy Vest a service-based business or a product-based business? I would say service. You say service, beautiful. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But then, they are selling a product. The product is their savings app. The product is other apps in between. So, like I said, I had to retrace. Mm. So, um, let me just say, tech products are maybe easier to scale many times because they're not spending money on maybe opening new shops, new stores, blah, 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 blah. blah. So, it's service-based more or less. It's a tech service built around the particular product. Mm -hmm. Are you getting my point? Now, in the creative space, just like tech space, it is very well saturated. But there are many things involved. Mm-hmm. I'll be very honest. Particularly the fact that most creative businesses are built around the ingenuity of the founder. Jack Asotoro. <laughs> Honestly. Hmm? Honestly, true that. That's the truth. I, I concur. I second. I agree. So as an investor, if the founder has cough and kata today, I've seen... I've seen fashion retail businesses that are pulling crazy numbers per year crazy numbers 500 million 700 million crazy numbers per year mm-hmm. they are doing everything but it's still beautiful maybe the guy the Very ceo true. is the person cutting Very the suits this person doing this one is the person drawing the stuff doing the kini kini he's the one pulling in the customers investor exactly influencer based that's one of the things i had to do at trips Mm -hmm. i detached myself from the influence of the business so it has to stop being that i'm responsible for bringing the customers or people are buying because of me they have to start buying because of you and your products and your marketing it shouldn't be centered around one person that gets you more investor trust. Hmm. But just in case something happens, God forbid, waiting go shelle. <laughs> what will happen to my money? Start? And this is there's no emotions here. Let's be clear. No emotions. I'm giving you money. Yeah, pumping 50M for a 40% stake in a business. With 30% being made. You know, 50 million, what can you know? Is 50 million small money? It's not. So, so many things are involved. So many things, and then also, what? How do you know the point where you have to give equity? Let me be honest with you. Equity money is sweet, but sometimes maybe a little bit premature. Equity is good because you're not paying back outrightly. Mm-hmm. The money is injected into the business. You get to my point. Mm-hmm. And then 
it will help the business grow more. And then that valuation could even 2x, 3x within a while. And I always ask people, I say, would you prefer to own 100% of a $1 million business or would you prefer to own 200% of a $1 million business or would you prefer to own 2% eh, of a $10 billion business? <laughs> These things so are different. The power of collaboration that. helps you enhance your work even as a person. Mm-hmm. And then it le- watches the business grow. And that's beautiful. So, for example, even as big as Zara is, I don't think Amasi Otega owns everything. As big as um, Amazon is, Jeff owns maybe 40, 41%. That's if his wife has not taken part of the stake now. So, almost none of the unicorns you see, or almost none of the big shots you see, uh, are owned by one, by person. one person. Collaboration and many things involved. So, quite just before we say so, most of the businesses you could see on there, they bought into them. Oh yes, I'm not going to mention the brand. Yes, most of the first. sponsor. <laughs> I mean, you know, so that's it. That's all. Well, I think. quite a number of those and businesses then were bought. An equity. So yeah. and then sometimes sometimes it's premature. So for sometimes you may not really need that funding as much as you think you do. So they are just lazy. You just want to push more. Like let me just get some funding. You know, push it. But yeah. Is there are there factors or are there key points you should look out for? Key factors you should look out for. First and foremost, um, I'll say that except if what you want to do cannot wait, you can still be bootstrapping. Bootstrapping is funding a business with your also with what is it there mm-hmm. with the money that the business is making, putting in the back inside and everything. And all. That's number one. Number two, before you seek equity or look for investors to buy out equity, I'd say that you should try the simple ROI principle: borrow money and give returns on investment. That money that you think is all an investor that can that give you. That sometimes that doesn't make financial sense. Yes, it doesn't for many businesses, but as long as the money you're taking is not so much. Because if, for example, imagine my business is worth 100 million naira now, and then we need 3 million naira. And then let's say, for example, the business makes 2 million naira a month, and then net profit is maybe. 200 let's say, million in let's say, in let's say our net Let's say our net profit is. Mm. is 400,000 naira. Mm. Mm? Mm. Next, we need 3 million. Mm? Or let's say we need 2 million. And then, and then the investor is saying, okay, I'm going to pay back 2.5 mm-hmm. after 10 months. Okay, no problem. No, Lily, that's fine. So, all I have to do to make 2.5 million is pretty much um, save 200,000 200, naira, more or less. More or less Every single month, I my net profit is only five hundred thousand. But so because I need a cash injection, I cannot use my net profit to inject it at that, point. at that point. So it's just like loaning it, and the you know that there's a clear path future. to pay back exactly. And then by the time I use that money and do the expansion, mm-hmm. I'll move from hundred million to roughly two hundred fifty million in terms of the valuation of, of the business. There are many indices, there are many metrics to check before you do that. Guys, I hope you're writing. I hope you guys are taking this because this is a lot of this is a lot of knowledge. Um, I want us to talk about balance. It's serial entrepreneurship. You're running different businesses. How 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 does it not choke? <laughs> so uh, how does it not choke? Speaking, it chokes because, for example, for the past three years, I've been in a mental. I've been for the past two years particularly. I can't remember the last time I knew what rest was. So I'll explain what I mean. So I'm probably not the best person to ask about balance. <laughs> because I'm very honest with you. I'm not, not balanced it yet. I'm not going to try and tell you I'm a balancer. It's cute. In the sense that you can say balance because I have other things I'm doing. I have other responsibilities. I'm a pastor. Uh, you call me an influencer. <laughs> and I have many other things I'm doing. And all, you know, content creation, many things. So yes, on the outside, you might say I'm balancing. But yes, I get I'm balancing. But it's not being without its own. I, like, I noticed something this year and I'm about to tell you. Mm-hmm. That as a serial entrepreneur or as an entrepreneur, that the large chunk of your work is not physical, it's mental. Can you explain? It's not physical, it's mental. The thought process that goes into building structure. Mm-hmm. The thought process of having an overview of your business. I see you. You are not tactical. You must be strategic. A strategist has a bird's eye view of everything happening. 
a tactical person is seeing it day after day, day to day, day to day, day to day, day to day. It's a difference, man. It's different. I can't sleep and not wake up in the middle of the night and the first thought that comes to my mind is what we want to do next month mm. or what we want to do by God's grace in maybe about a year or two I would leave that phase because there will be more much 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 more capable hands that will give me less stress across the board mm-hmm. but for now but when you just die, I just launched a new business Lagos Smokey Jollof had to battle many things first one month first two weeks with the bikes on the road my riders were arrested about 15 times within two weeks yes had to talk to who is who leading you is chris the peculiarities of our time in Nigeria. everybody wants to eat everybody wants to make money so it's crazy like you need to understand it is crazy it's a lot and of the system is not even designed to help you it is not you and, and, then he, and as much as you want to say that, as much as you want to say I have a business manager that's supposed to be handling that blah 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 <gasps> ownership mentality and then also and I get the part that as a business and you have to learn to delegate you have to this is, delegation is cute but only when the hands are fully capable people will flop things and won't give a damn because they can get a job the next day because they can move on to the next paycheck this is what so mm. Um, balance. Balance. <laughs> <Cash> uh, <laughs> balance. Hopefully, when I hack it, I'll come back here and tell you okay. much about balance. <laughs> uh, but one thing that will help you is to compartmentalize. Mm. Like my pastor will always say, um, put everything in its place mm? mm-hmm. and give everything a place. Give everything a place and put everything in its place. Vola. Yeah. <laughs> and that topic on balance and then come like the thing is I so much of this I so much love this talk. But like I feel like if only we had like a longer time, then we could talk more. Finally, 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 I am super super big on this particular topic. Let's talk about mentorship. What did you ever get something like that? And do you currently give out things like that? Like Mentorship is on un- mentorship. mentorship is underrated. Very underrated. Hmm. Uh, it's underrated. And it can also be overrated. I'll explain what I mean. You see, having a mentor, stop looking at necessarily at people. Stop choosing mentorship based on the glam. Choose it based on the experiences. They will help you not make the same mistakes. It's crazy. I don't know how well to say it. But almost as if the generation will look at how much does he have. Where is the business now? It's cute. But for example, I'm likelier to seek mentorship from somebody who had to struggle and pull his business out of a mess, first of all. Mm-hmm. And out of the brink of extinction and pull them up the success ladder. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I like to seek mentorship from someone like that because maybe that's what I'm interested in. Talk you me through your dark time. The secret of men is not in the success, but in the stories. In the stories. So they help you get better. They help you not make the, that's the most, not make the mistakes they made. I may, I've made mistakes. And I could have made more if not for the mentors that I have. It can also be overrated because sometimes you think that you always need somebody to talk to. Mm. And sometimes what you need is just more work and patience. Some of you are just lazy. So that sounds I need help. <laughs> no, I need help. Let me talk to someone. They've spoken to you enough. If I attend all the motivational speaking conferences, all you need to do is put in the damn work. That's mm. it. That's it. So, so. Do you mentor people? <laughs> Uh, I mean a lot going through a lot coming back from a lot <laughs> if I'm going to mentor you're going to have to make it worth my time so um, yes uh. I mentor people I do I do that spiritually already so business wise do I do I have I have consultations with a couple of people and all but well I'm going to monetize it soon yes I'm going to monetize it soon and people are like I've been doing it for a long time for free 
probably gonna have to monetize it. So mm-hmm. there, are, there are some people who that don't it value it. That's yeah. who don't value it. No matter, I'm gonna pay me big bucks. Big bucks to hear me talk. You're gonna pay me big, big, flipping big bucks mm. from from the end of this year. You'll pay me big I'm bucks, and I, I won't waste my saliva. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. But that has been really, really good. I absolutely, guys, I did not know time had gone to watch, but I absolutely enjoyed it. I guess I'm quite interested. It, thank you so <laughs> much for coming. Honestly, I absolutely so appreciate this. One final thing I enjoyed doing on every episode. <laughs> Give us, there's, there's, let's, let's settle some scores here. You know, okay. let's, let's settle some, let's break some tables here. Okay. What is the popular, or what is a popular misconception about being a serial entrepreneur that here and here you say, guys, this rubbish has to stop. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me just tell you what. what? <laughs> people think you have made it <laughs> that's a bloody lie the average entrepreneur is low on liquidity <laughs> and high in valuation yes the difference between valuation what my business is worth and what i personally have mm-hmm. um most entrepreneurs particularly in the first five ten years usually have to go through a process of pruning where um where most of their money just goes back into the business mm-hmm. delayed gratification let me tell you if you put the if you put the cart before the horse you it will burn you and you will not become successful you know i heard the founder of andela and flutterwave co-founder of andela and flutterwave mm-hmm. he will see something like uh, i don't have money if we don't understand or something like that on time once we got didn't get him but i understood so valuation is great it's fantastic but you will reap these dividends later when you see your your yearly payout as far as founder after five years ten years imagine getting paid out two million dollars three million four hundred five million dollars in a year just as founder but it started with you putting your five thousand naira back into the business and choosing not to get paid at some point so all right stop that chakwa chances <laughs> when you see me and think i have money as is, uh, i'm just any love for I'm, your boy i'm probably just getting <laughs> show by. your boys love <laughs> i'm probably just getting by oh my god this was absolutely interesting thank you so much for coming on i Pleasure, hope you enjoyed it guys i absolutely, I absolutely hope you enjoyed it okay, um, thank you so much for listening look i absolutely enjoyed it and i show you i hope you did do um, follow us on IG, on Twitter at Two Cents of Fashion. And thank you so much for listening. Bye.